live. Yeah. Thumbs up from our executive producer, Matt Feldick. Welcome, everybody, to the inaugural running of the Big Alta presented by Goldwyn. My name is Dylan Bowman, joined by some great co-hosts here today as we are broadcasting from Free Trail World Headquarters, a.k.a. my garage. Joining me, as usual, my favorite co-host, Corinne Malcolm. Corinne, good morning. Good morning. You smashed a 17-miler this morning, not to brag. Yeah, put on dry clothes. Good thing the cameras can't see how dirty my legs are, but yeah, happy to be here. Welcome to, to Free Trail World Headquarters. Welcome first back first time, long time, long time caller or long time listener, first time being present in Free Trail HQ. Heck yes. And new, brand new to the Marin County and Bay Area running community, none other than Anna Gibson. Anna, welcome to the show and welcome to Marin County. Thank you. And welcome to your garage also, <laughs> I guess. Welcome to the garage. <laughs> Very happy to be in all of these locations. Yeah. I want to do a deeper intro and just chat with you a little bit about your first impressions of Marin County. But before we do, just a quick run of show. Today, of course, is trailgating our preview show. So we're going to sort of preview the action of both the 50K, which happens tomorrow starting at 8 a.m. Pacific time, and the 28K, which starts at 8 a.m. Pacific time on Sunday. So we got two big days of racing coming up. We're going to be joined by some special guests over the course of the show today. What we're going for today, just to give you a peek behind the curtain here, is sort of like a Pat McAfee style show here today. Very casual. We'll have some guests come in and out and hopefully keep you entertained here for a little bit on a Friday. Hope you're not working too hard. Uh, like I said, the, both races are going to be broadcast uh, tomorrow and on Sunday. Thanks to our good friends at the Mountain Outpost. We got Matt Feldick behind the cameras here today. So a big thank you to Mountain Outpost, Matt, Jamil, and the whole team for making this possible. This is truly a dream come true for a generic sports dude like me. Honestly, this is fantastic. Anna, back to you. You're brand new. You moved to Marin County, what, a couple of weeks ago now? What brought you to the area? Well, I think we're barely even at two weeks yet. <laughs> so very fresh. Um, I mean, the running is what brought me here. Um, yeah, I've kind of been bouncing around for the last couple months and knew that as soon as the winter got intense in Wyoming, where I was hanging out before this, um, also where I grew up, that I was going to have to leave. And I didn't know where I was going to leave to, but I'm glad that I landed here. And what are your first impressions? Have you been exploring? You're living in Mill Valley, we should say. I'm the self-proclaimed future mayor of Mill Valley. We lived there for six years. My wife is behind the camera here also. It's one of the great towns in America, home of Mount Tam and the legendary Dipsy Trail. So also iconic in trail running lore. What are your first impressions of your new neighborhood and your new stomping grounds? Um, very good. Yeah, it's definitely a charming little town. Um, definitely does not feel like the city at all, which... Um, I think it's good for me. I'm, I'm sort of a small town person and I love like, you know, everyone's friendly, looking each other in the eyes. Like you don't pass somebody on the trail without saying, hey, and that's kind of the energy that I like. So yeah, just in terms of community, feeling very warm, welcome. Um, yeah. And then also the, the running and biking and everything is honestly insane. Like I've had my mind blown every single day um, just by the views and We've had some crazy weather. That was a bit of an interesting <laughs> intro. Um, yeah, it's been awesome exploring. Yeah, Matt Mitchell, who I ran with this morning, asked where I wanted to run while I was in town. And I was like, Marin, just <laughs> all of Marin. So we did a north side loop today and it was just, it never gets old. And it's like, I think, I don't think we ran on any new trails to me, 
But yeah, after spending four years in the Bay, there's like still potential to like run a completely new trail, which is always very cool. Well, we'll get to this later when we preview the race courses this weekend. But our little corner of Marin County here where we sit in Marinwood is also sort of like a very underappreciated place in the greater Northern California Marin County sanctuary of running. It's fantastic. And even people who live locally very rarely come up and run on Loma Alta and Big Rock Ridge, which are the two highlights of our race course. So again, we'll get to more talk about how great Marin County is for trail running here later in our show. But before we move off it, we were just talking about the event that we went to last night. Tell the people a little bit about it because it was just so fun. It was sort of an unofficial part of Big Alta race weekend and kicked things off in a really positive way. Yeah, so we we were at an event. Um, it was just down in Mill Valley with uh, a pretty good turnout, lots of different ages. Um, it was a fundraiser for the Western States Trail Museum, um, which is being put together in Auburn. Um, and basically, we just watched a film that detailed the history of uh, the Western States Trail and all all the way back, beginning with the indigenous peoples who lived in the area. Um, the Washoe tribe and um, yeah, then up through the horse race and how the the foot running race came out of that. And it was just really, really cool history Um, and got to hear from a couple of really cool panelists um, who have kind of been along for the ride from the beginning. Corinne, have you seen this film, They Crossed the Mountains? I haven't seen it yet. It is so incredible. I was almost embarrassed that I had never seen it last night. Sitting on the edge of my seat, some of the coolest trail running content and the trail running part of it comes in like the last 10 minutes when they finally start talking about the Western States 100 films probably made in the nineties. And so it goes back to like, you know, native American using, uh, using the Western States trail, uh, for, you know, trade and transportation into the gold rush days, then to the horse race, then to, uh, the Western States 100. Anyway, a fantastic film and a fantastic evening and a big shout out to Carolyn Latham and Patty O'Leary, who are both racing this weekend, who put together a great local event to get race weekend started in style. So, um, we'll start talking about like the course and, uh, the weather and the fields. Corinne's just messing with her Strava from today. You got to make sure you got to, I got to come up with like a creative title. So (laughs) I might have to wait until my, I have more brain capacity later today. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. It's the the pre pre show or something, right. you know. Yeah, it you, you were trailgating the trailgate. I was. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. Yeah, I'm done now. Strava title locked yeah. in. We're going to be bringing a, a special guest up here pretty soon, but maybe quickly, Corinne, um, just to set things up for race weekend, you are going to be our main host both days. Just talk a little bit about what people can expect uh, from the broadcast while I'm out there trying to keep up with the leaders. Yeah, I'm moving in to the Bowman garage for the weekend and I'm very excited about it. I'm going to find ways to like get roads on the live broadcast at every turn. Um, but yeah, so I will be, I'll be your host this weekend. I'm joined by Adam Mary in studio tomorrow. We'll go live at 7:30 AM race starts at eight. And then I will be joined by Tim Tolufson in studio on Sunday for the 28k again starting at 7:30 live from the garage with the racers kicking off at 8 again. Fantastic. And hopefully we're hoping to pull in people post race for podium interviews in studio so it should be a really cool full production and then we've got camera runners on course we've got 
in-field correspondence. Uh, David Lamb told me he's prepping to be Aaliyah Yingling this weekend, and he's not sure if he can fill her shoes or not. So <laughs> the, uh, the stakes are high. Big shoes to fill. And I am terrified, I have to say. I am going to be trying to keep up with the lead men for oh, the Alex first Oh, Alex Warner texted me. He's like, you know I'm going to get dropped, right? And I was like, you can't get dropped because <laughs> yeah, then we won't have anything to talk about, Alex. Yeah, so we have an army of follow cam runners that are going to be equipped with gimbals and iPhones, and we're going to be doing our best to keep up with the leaders of this weekend's competitive fields, which are actually quite interesting and quite deep. And we'll get to those here in just a little bit. So I'm going to get like a solid weekend of training in, it feels like, and hopefully that'll be exactly the kick in the butt. I need to actually keep some momentum. Yeah. Did Hannah, did Hannah all good put put GoPro sprints into your training log for the weekend? Hannah Allgood is my coach starting on Monday. Okay. The comeback starts Monday. <laughs> Everybody out there, hold me accountable. She's also coaching Ryan Thrower here towards Western States 100. So a big shout out to, to Hannah. We took a photo last night with Colby Jones, one of our great free trail friends last night, who is doing the double here this weekend. Oh, we got three yeah. free trail people all doing the double. Didn't he double at, what is he training for? He doubled he at Black Canyon triple, too. He did, did he? No, this is a different guy. Okay, different one. He tripled at uh, Broken Arrow last year, and then now he's doubling here along with Mason Boswell and Christian Saucedo. So we got a nice little free trail contingent doing the ridiculous double chris warden's in the chat just providing his endorsement of our set design here so shout out chris and the rest of the mountain outpost crew so we're going to be looking for clark morgan from speedland to join us here in just a couple of seconds okay yeah harmony's going to grab him and bring him on here in just a sec yeah we're going to just throw to a quick quick commercial and uh while we get clark from the the green room and we'll have him up here in just a sec today's broadcast is also brought to you by speedland the best trail shoes ever created this is the brand new commission the gs pdx the sixth model in speedland's short but illustrious history you'll notice it's a throwback to the initial colorway of the first model the sl pdx though this is built on the gs platform plenty of cushioning to take you as long as you want to go on the trails there's people going to be racing in it this weekend in both the 50k and 28k but also people wearing it at Cocodona here in just a couple months time everything you've come to expect the double boa fit system the htpu midsole the drop-in p-backs uh, secondary midsole also removable carbon plate nothing better than the Speedland, go pick up a pair of the GS PDX. You'll find a link and a discount code here in the description on YouTube. Today's broadcast is also brought to you by Speedland, the best trail shoes ever created. This is the brand new commission, the GS PDX, the sixth model in Speedland's short but illustrious history. You'll notice it's a throwback to the initial colorway of the first model, the SL PDX, though this is built on the GS platform. Okay, and we are back now with our first very special guest of the day, Mr. Clark Morgan. Clark, welcome to my garage, buddy. Free Trail World HQ. This is beautiful. <laughs> what do you I think? I absolutely love it. No, this is great. I mean, <laughs> even just walking through, like there's so much cool stuff going on right here. Just do it, do it right, do it with soul. That's what's happening. That's clear. So. And uh, this is, have you ever been to this area before? No. Well, first impressions? Fantastic. Best place in the world? Center of the universe? I mean, it just even <laughs> this morning... There is one particular bend that I went. So let me go back. Yesterday morning, it was all fogged in. So all I could see is just the trail, which was very cool. 
And then this morning it was totally clear when I was running and it was a whole other experience. Um, yeah, hugely impressed and it's only beginning of the weekend. So yeah, great times. So just after this, you're going to be heading over to San Francisco Running Company, which mm-hmm. is sort of the, the nexus, the nucleus of the mm-hmm. Bay Area trail running community, especially, yeah, you know, in Marin County. Here. We both have stinky shoes in there. Yes, we do. I, I saw have, both of them. Yeah. Took photos of both of them already, <laughs> yeah. actually, as it turns out. <laughs> Yours your, is right by the... Your shoes from your TRT. FKT from the Tahoe Rim Trail are there yeah. at San Francisco Right running next company. to the, for the checkout right People there. People pick them up all the time and then realize they're used running <laughs> shoes and are kind of like, uh, and like put them back because they're not behind anything. They're just like literally on the cash register. It's cool. Yeah, there are some cool sort of historical moment, <laughs> mementos all over the place. There Got a couple on the, the top shelf. Days. I don't yeah, know if you've seen that. A couple that. of my mm-hmm. Ultra Trail Mount Fuji trophies are up there. I think there's like one from Ultra Trail Australia. So that place has been so important mm. to me in my trail running journey. And it's awesome mm. that they're going to be helping to host a little bit this yeah. weekend. So maybe talk a little bit about what you're up to this weekend, what Speedland's up to and mm. where people can find you. Yeah. So really the goal here is um, anyone who wants to interact with the brand, try the shoes on specifically and hang out just in general. Uh, that's the goal. So Flew in yesterday, it's all blended together, um, and set up for the soft packet pickup yesterday. I actually went to the shop this morning, set up all, everything except for just the demo shoes so that at least it was ready as soon as I get back. Um, so we'll be there from 12 to 6, a full demo fleet. SFRC has the new GS PDX in stock, so you can figure out what size you want, run around in the parking lot, and then pick up the brand, brand new Freshie inside. Um, so that'll be today, and then for the race, we'll be at the start for all of Saturday for the 50 and then on Sunday for 28. Uh, We have um, several people racing from our Rad Speedlander Ambassador group. So we've got a bunch of folks in race, but then other folks just come in and hanging out. Um, Aaron, um, Daniel will be around as well. So yeah, just come literally just hang out in the tent. We got a bunch of chairs and uh, just wanna let people experience the brand for the weekend. So you just mentioned the GSPDX, which we launched on Monday of this week. Mm -hmm. I haven't had a chance to talk to you, Dave, or Kevin about this in any detail. But holy smokes, that was an overwhelming launch, wasn't it? It was. And I think the best way I can put it is I am delighted that it came to fruition the way that I thought it would. Because look at the thing. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? And (laughs) the way I talk about it is there's basically three types of people who have been absolutely dying for this shoe. It's the people who got the first one and loved it. It's like the Speedland one, right? Um, Those who missed out on the first one because they sold out quickly. There it is, exactly. Um, And then the the people who have come into the space of Speedland since then that didn't know about it, and now they have a chance to be a part of that original story. So honestly, it wasn't a big surprise to me that it sold out as quickly in a lot of sizes, but it's just such a meaningful, like powerful, original story come to fruition that let's be real it's going to be awesome so what's the plan now because i have one pair in my size (laughs) and it's like it's going to be devastating to get it dirty ryan and i have been talking about like okay we need just like a dedicated lifestyle pair right so you can just cruise in that one (laughs) so because like obviously we've been operating with this commission model for a long time i know there had been some idea of maybe just keeping one shoe 
mm-hmm. kind of in the rotation yep. in perpetuity. What are the plans there, if you can reveal anything? Yeah, and I don't think I'm overstepping, overstepping uh, bounds here. I apologize, Dave and Kevin, if so, but I think we've, <laughs> we've talked pretty significantly about yeah. this. I mean, you're right. The goal is to be able to have something, ironically, evergreen that never goes away so that you can have those peaks of the specific commissions, but then when they're sold out, you have something that's always ever-presently available. Uh, and it being so quintessential to the brand color, this was an obvious choice. So um, we will, um, hot hot news, uh, we do have a plan to have a reorder of this sort of late summer, roughly. Um, so those who missed out on the first one, A, that'll be coming late summer, and B, the goal is to be able to have that in stock um, as the commissions kind of go in their peaks. So You can stop hoarding. Yeah. I can stop hoarding. You can get it dirty. These are my fresh, you know, remaining (laughs) pairs of the TS There's a couple dirty ones on the stoop out there. That's my lifestyle (laughs) pair. It's a good thing that it stopped raining a little bit here. You can keep them, like, sort of clean at least. Well, so my conundrum for tomorrow is Mm. I'm going to be running the first six and a half miles with the leaders if I can keep up. And there's a pretty substantially muddy section for a half mile, but you know, mile two and a half or so. Sure. And um, I'm like, ah, oh, do I wear the green shoes or do I save them to like, you know, just like have them fresh? <laughs> well, I'll give one vote and that's for sure get them dirty tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have one clean pair because it's my job to have a pair that people can recognize and we can have conversation. That's my job. Yeah. Um, but I ran in the dirty pair this morning and yeah. it's drying in my hotel room. I would say with this being as important of a race that it is for you in the space and your story, like there's no more sacred dirt than tomorrow. So you should absolutely get them dirty. All right, tomorrow. we'll save One me vote. a lifestyle pair. Size 10 when we get the reorders, save me a lifestyle fair pair. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, anything else you want to say? Cause like we're also expecting the SVT later in the summer. We did sure. uh, uh, some material on this at TRE where we sort of previewed the product, but it's an exciting year, man. I mean, Agreed. the GS now has a legacy. We've done multiple commissions mm-hmm. there. But yep. the whole the the SVT is going to be a whole new product. Yeah, agreed. And I think that's like what we talked about during TRE. That's just one of those scalpels, right? Yeah. And I think these two sit really nicely together next to each other. Um, from anyone who's lived in a quiver space, snowboard, surf, whatever it might be, um, they overlap a little bit, but they're just so beautiful in their own way. So that one's going to be killer for the more technical, um, for those who want to run the longer distance, like Avery, um, at the hundred distance on that for sure. Um, but like I said, in, in, um, TRE, the SL original SL, I would do that for particular races and then the GS for particulars as well. So when those are both available, they're going to be epic to be able to have in rotation together. Yeah. Yeah. Any questions for Clark here? I feel I, like I'm hogging the mic. No, I just, I, this just reminds me so much of like the stories of like Pearl Zumi and like you all, like Jason Coop in particular, like I think had 12 pairs squirreled yeah. away yeah, yeah. and just like slowly nursed these shoes like until they were gone. I literally listened to that episode that you were talking about that yesterday, which is yeah. so funny. Well, so, like I think yeah, it's yeah. like, I think Speedland has that reputation for yeah. a lot of folks yeah. too, where it's like, yeah, having that evergreen product would mean a lot. To folks as opposed mm-hmm. to being like okay do i buy a second or third pair so that i can well, have this sure. thing have this thing stashed for a little while but they sell out that quickly that that's really hard to do but the reality sure. is and you can add color to this too is like as a small business you don't know how much product you need right and it Correct. it costs it's very expensive to order the product and yes. so it's a good gr- it's a great 
problem to have to have mm -hmm. everything sell out immediately but now it's like okay we got to go into another production cycle and it takes time do you want to add anything to that oh. navigating that challenge as a brand yeah no that's absolutely correct yeah. and is, i'm stepping a little bit more into dave and kevin's role probably on this one so I'll, I'll do it respectfully but you would absolutely at this time in a business's journey you would absolutely rather sell out than have dusty stock yeah. no doubt um so being able to navigate what's the best number of that that's a forecasting challenge and so we do absolutely the best that we can but at the same time, you want to have the belief of like, my opinion of this product is that it's unbelievable. Yeah. And so it's, we make a million pairs, everyone's going to sell out, right? But you also have to have the business side of it is what's, what's realistic. And um, the other piece too, and I did have a chance to show this one as well as SVT and the Oak at the time um, at TRE. So I had the chance to have feedback from a lot of retailers, a lot of runners. So coming into this launch, it wasn't blind. It was it was knowledgeable of like, okay, this is what we think can be happen. And let's just make sure that it evaporates in a way that people really are excited about it and make sure that the next one comes in, in the right timeline. So I mean, it totally evaporated. It's totally evaporated, like probably faster <laughs> than we expect. I mean, Dave and I are literally it in was like that's a great That's a great problem. Yeah, yeah no, it was It's nine. like when a race sells out, right? It's a great, it's a great exactly. problem. Definitely. Yeah. And it's like, I think it was nine sizes that were sold out in four hours. It's yeah. like wild. Um, but yesterday, you know, talking to a guy at SFRC, he had one pair already and he's trying to figure figure out, should we do this one for the race or this one? And it just, it's, there's something beautiful. And, and it goes back to sort of what you were talking about with Zoe on the last Free Trail podcast, right? Of the idea of what does it look like to be a brand in this space that really is interested in who are the people who love this brand and want to run in this brand yeah. and make sure that we're building that community and then facilitating from there. And as you expand, I have a message on Instagram right now. Somebody hit me up this morning about when are you going to bring it to UK? Like, when is it coming internationally? Right. That's but ubiquitous it, I think in my DMs too. Yeah, right, right, no <laughs> doubt. Um, and I think there's something really beautiful about knowing that there's a North Star of going larger and expanding to more distribution, but staying focused enough to know that you don't mess up your product. And that's the goal right now is to make sure the product is fantastic and make sure we're building a relationship sustainably with those who love this footwear. That's why I'm here. Yeah. That's why we're sponsoring this event. And then we can cross the bridge to larger distribution as it comes. But if you jump too quickly to that next phase, you can miss some of the beauty that is going slowly and sustainably at the beginning. Slow and steady. Well, I was talking sure. to Ted Knutson, who's the owner of San Francisco Running Company this week. Mm. And he's he's got the like precious inventory. Yeah. And I doubt it's going to last very long. So anyway, for those who are in town for the big Alta, make sure you swing by SFRC, mm -hmm. support local retails, support a small brand it's trying to make a difference here in our awesome sport and uh, go check out SFRC. Any uh, parting words, Clark? I mean, I think just thank you for, for what this is. Um, just being here for 48 hours. Um, and running this morning and I, I honestly was just bombing down this one particular single track and I was sort of summoning the inner Debo in this, you know, I mean, the, the metaphor I thought about is if somebody allowed you, welcomed you into a small event in the Bulls gym 
and you had the chance to dribble around and shoot at the Chicago Bulls gym, like I would shoot and do layups and reverses like I was Michael Jordan, like yeah. that, that because that's sacred space in that, in that way. Mm. What you've done here is extremely important because what you've done is you've opened up your space with all those who are in this space for other people to experience your life here. That's extremely important. And I, I take it hugely seriously. I know a lot of people who are going to be running the race are going to take it seriously. It's, it's really legit. Like I took that photo yesterday when I was picking up all this uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's a pair of Tams and there's a pair of the, the PDX right there. And it's like, this is where the dude like kicks off his That's shoes. That's literally where I changed his my run. Clothes. Like yeah. this is it. Like right <laughs> there. The garage, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is legit. This is right here. And um, all the logistics that, are, that have to go into that are challenging, but I can tell you it's worth it because what you've done is hugely meaningful. So thank you for that. Well, thank you, buddy. Yeah. And thank you for coming out. And yeah, for a first year event, it's yeah. amazing to have the support from Speedland and the brand. And sure. yeah, we, we just can't wait to, to sort of show off our backyard here in this underappreciated corner of Moran. Very cool. Awesome. My thank only you, last goal is to make sure to get to the top Dude, of TAM before I leave. Yeah, that's you got to go touch the door. Touch the door yes, or get up to the top of Big Rock Ridge. I, I, and next year, you got to run the race. And that's and the, we'll get somebody else we to were joking. Yeah, we'll we were David joking. Yeah, we were joking. The only challenge of working it is you don't get to race it. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a great challenge to have in life to yeah. be able to be here. Um, but I'm going to do all the things I can. Hopefully get out to Diablo. Um, sending my best out to Liam. Not feeling overly great right yeah. now, but hopefully he's starting to feel better. The original. Our on course correspondent this week. So there we go. So, yeah. Like, and that's a big deal for him yeah. to, to feel that great. I was texting with him earlier. So that was my goal coming out was to get to the top of Tam in honor of you and the top of Mount Diablo in honor of Liam. So we'll we'll see how it works out before I fly out. Stay in a couple extra days. Wait, I heard Is you're anything? gonna are you going to the Wednesday summit run? That I was just introduced to that last night. So yeah. Stick around, man. Uh, let's all, let's yeah. all go up on Wednesday. Are you sticking around? No, I take off all right. Monday. Well, Plane change. That'd be my first summit yeah, so, on TAM. Yeah, there, so. there we go. <laughs> so, let's do it for sure. Anna Clark, I'll I'm show in. up. Yeah, Harmony, just put it on our child care calendar now. I'm going to do Mount TAM on Wednesday. <laughs> anyway, Clark, done. thanks for coming on, man. It's great to yeah. chat with you. Appreciate your presence here. And uh, yeah, go take care of everybody who's picking up their bibs there at SORC all day. Will do. We'll Thanks, do. buddy. Thank you for awesome. having me. Great to see you again. Thanks yeah. for having me, Corinne. We'll see you Very out cool. there. Awesome. We're going to have uh, Jeremy Long, our real race director, coming on here soon. Do you know if he's here yet? We're going to check. The inaugural Big Alta presented by Goldwyn. A big thank you to Goldwyn for their support of our race this year. You'll see that I'm wearing their inaugural trail running capsule of products. This Japanese brand moving into trail running for the first time. We could be more excited to help them do so. You see, we got the Marinwood green waterproof jacket free trail logo on it. It's part of their initial trail running capsule. We've also got a great pair of trail running shorts here. You'll see the signpost logo there bottom right. Also have another free trail logo on the back. There's also a really nice wool and polyester blend t-shirt as part of this trail running capsule. And finally, a nice pair of waterproof pants. Hopefully we won't need these on race day, but a big thank you to Gold. I know. I'll be at Gorge, too. We're up. Okay, we are back here with our real race director here. I tell everybody that I'm, I'm not the race director. <laughs> Jeremy Long, the founder, owner, race director of Daybreak Racing, our great partners on both the Big Alta and Gorge. Jeremy, welcome to Free Trail World he Headquarters. What do you think? Thank you guys for having me. It was uh, 
quite the transformation from when we arrived a couple days ago. Yeah. So it's pretty sweet. <laughs> it's I like a it. Cleaner and uh, now with a whole production studio. Yeah. In it. People are really impressed by your garage in the live chat, and it's like, well, I don't think it always looks exactly like this. We are definitely like stuffed in a corner right now. It probably looks roomier than it is, but it's getting the job done. And like I said, it's a dream come true for a generic sports dude who's been a ESPN addict his whole life. Jeremy, you just finished marking the course. How is it? I am so impressed with how stuff drains here. It's pretty awesome. I mean, for the amount of water. Welcome to California. Yeah, the right. Oregonian finally comes. The advantage to of the steepness is uh, quick drainage. So that's good. Yeah, trails are in great shape. Um, you know, there's uh, a few muddy spots, but um, that's just part of the, you know, normal uh, trail running in February. So it's a first for us too. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. And weather's looking awesome. So it's only going to get better. So tell everybody about our original conversations about doing this race right after I moved here. I was like, hey, he surprised cool me by loop. moving to California. <laughs> <laughs> well, I left, so he was allowed to yeah, move back. Yeah. Right. So when I moved here, the Bowmans left like a week later. So it's a, it's a <laughs> curse where we're not both allowed to live in San Francisco at the same time. That's right. Uh, well, I, I don't precisely remember when you exactly moved here, but it was right around a year ago, maybe a little bit farther back when you're like, hey, I have this sweet loop from my back, from my front yard. I'm going to send you the, I'm going to send you my Strava or whatever. So check it out and let me know what you think. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> so, um, you know, I took, I played with it and it was a, it basically became what is the 28K. Um, and then, you know, if, if we're going to make it something real, obviously it needs to at least have a 50K as kind of its premier sort of distance. Um, so that's, you know, was the next step. And then, you know, we made some calls and it seemed to be like it was just bound to happen. So um, that's that was the origin for sure. And here we are at least a year after we started planning it. And it starts tomorrow. Are you feeling prepared, Mr. RD? <laughs> as prepared as we can be. You know, it's that's kind of a trick question with an inaugural anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've uh, all the permitting is buttoned up and we've got great weather. We've got, uh, it, you know, so many stoked runners. It's insane. I mean, for an inaugural race to have this many runners and this much uh, just energy is just I mean, it totally exceeded my expectations completely. So. I mean, I ran into a guy on my run this morning who's out for a run with his dog. And he was like, hey, if I, if I can figure out childcare for tomorrow, like, I'd love to come volunteer if they still need help. And I was like, shoot me a DM. We'll get it sorted. Let me, let me know if you got the childcare arranged. Well, and I mean, a, I couldn't, I can't express the, the biggest shout out to the Marin trail running community for not only embracing an inaugural event, but welcoming us from the Portland area to come down and host it. I mean, everyone has been just so gracious and uh, welcoming and energetic and willing to kind of step in wherever is needed. We've we've kind of been full on our volunteer slots for yeah. like a month, you know, so it's just yeah. been. And as soon as I sent the bat signal out for like, hey, who can run cameras for me this weekend? Of course, I got inundated with volunteers to help out. Also, the first race for Daybreak outside of Oregon and Washington, right? Yep, absolutely. That seems like a big milestone. 
It was a big jump. Yeah, I'm glad we split the drive into two days. So that was that was a fun, a fun way we we uh, you know we laid over in Ashland on the way down. So another classic trail town. So that was that was a fun uh, midway point. So it's good. Should we enlighten everybody about the impasse that we were at about the name for the race? I was about I think that to would say. Be, I think that would be everybody's asking we about have the to chicken. Talk about the chickens. <laughs> so. Uh, once, you know, once I got the, you know, the major green lights with the permitting, you know, and Debo screaming in his truck over the phone, yes, um, you know, then it was, you know, onto the real stuff of what are we going to name this thing? Um, so I do, like all of our races, I, I try to incorporate some relevant local history into the event, you know, just trying to tie it all together. And um, with this one, um, you know, Prior to White Settlement, this valley that um, Marinwood is surrounded or is in it used to be called the Las Gallinas Valley, which is Spanish for the hens. Um, some of the roads are still named that way. Some of the fire roads, like Chicken Shack Fire Road, you know, there's there's got to be some kind of there's a bird thing here. So immediately and concretely, Debo was hell-bent on calling this race the big chicken. Oh, obsessively so. <laughs> I wanted it to be the big so. chicken. <laughs> I mean, the Strava, it, Strava titles were named it. It's, it was, it's, a whole, it's a whole thing around here. And, you know, with, with some of the, you know, more famous neighbors and stuff, you know, there's, there's the Skywalker Ranch up the road and, you know, some other things. And we, I had, you know, a million different, you know, things to list. And the one that kept rising to the top of mine was the Marinian Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Didn't stick as hard Liam, as the big chicken. Liam's in the chat as Aid Station Fireball, and he said you could have gone with considerably large Alta <laughs> as well, which he thinks was a big branding miss. So I guess long story short is we ended up, you know, going with the two cl just classic high points of the route: um, Loma Alta, the first summit that's that all the runners will cross over, and then the the second one, Big Rock Ridge, which is the second highest point in Marin County. So. Big Alta. The Big Alta instead With, of the Big Chicken. Yeah. I love it. And the branding turned out perfect. Give a yeah. shout out to Burger Island. Yeah, uh, Johnny Bertram. He's designed all of our logos up in Portland. So shout out to shout out to Johnny uh, at Burger Island if you're interested in uh, following him on Instagram. But um, yeah, knocked it out of the park on the branding as far as as far as we're concerned. So yeah. So what uh anxieties do you have right now what uh what is your responsive role of responsibility are, are, yeah, are we reliving like the like chaos ahead of gorge yeah well i mean just like i'm what i would like to get across is like what are the realities of race directing here like what's going through your head the day before the race your brother aaron who is also you know a core right, part of my our, right arm our over team there. here yeah, my brother aaron you Shout guys were aaron. you guys are out course marking this morning yep. i saw aaron out there just you know doing the lord's work at the <laughs> on the queenstone fire road today that's right what what is uh what is the next like you know um, 48 hours look like for you guys well i guess first and foremost um the forecast is looking rather excellent We've, don't jinx it dude well <laughs> i think we're pretty pretty solid but uh yeah we're we made it in between atmospheric rivers this time so that's pretty cool yeah, yeah i brought the sunshine from seattle uh, with thank me thank you <laughs> uh if stressors at this point like i said that our permitting's buttoned up um you know all it's it's always going to be um you know, we've got we still got to set up um you know our staging area and everything in the park and and then once the gun goes off, you know, then it's kind of, it's just, I just got to let it go a little bit and watch it unfold and progress. And 
Um, you know, we carry around a cache of all of our supplies for extras for the aid stations. It's an inaugural again, so you never really know what's going to get depleted at the aid stations. So we try to overstock, but, you know, uh, some stuff just likes to go super quickly, depending on the progression along the course. And uh, that's what my main job will be is bumping up to the aid stations and making sure everybody's happy. So are you sure you don't no want to switch jobs with me and try and keep up with <laughs> Drew Holman? And There's Eli no Hedding way I could do that. There's no Matt physical Daniels possibility. <laughs> it's a bad job. Yeah, it's a tough job. Um, well, dude, thanks for coming into the studio. Thanks for being the, the real race director oh. this weekend. Everybody needs to go check out daybreakracing.com. Amazing events. We got our race, the Gorge Waterfalls, which has been sold out forever, happening uh, in the middle of April this year. So we get to collaborate on multiple events now, which is just amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I wanted to say at the beginning, our our dynamic from the get-go has kind of been our, uh, we, we call it, we, we call it our relationship mullet day breaks the party in the or the <laughs> business in the front free trails the party in the back i guess that the is the relationship kind of accurate, mullet. Isn't it? the relationship mullet that's incredible i love it awesome. uh well thanks jeremy thank you aaron aaron and i got to march up over the top of big rock yesterday i got to point out all the landmarks here and as a uh proud resident he was the first person that i got to show the trails off to this weekend so Perfect. shout out to aaron also cool all right well uh i promise i will be over to help start setting up the start finish line here soon <laughs> i know you guys are heading over that way all good. and for our viewing audience it is real realistically i mean we're a walking distance from the start finish line now so this is truly my neighborhood truly the trails that i run every single day and can't wait to show them off tomorrow we're going to let Jeremy go. We'll go to a quick break, and then we're going to come back and actually start talking about the course and the fields and stuff. Thank you to HVMN and Ketone IQ for supporting the inaugural Big Alta in our live stream coverage here of Race Weekend. These products, absolute game changers, and they're going to be available at each and every aid station for our runners here this weekend. If you don't know, Ketone IQ is a game-changing, groundbreaking nutrition product delivering exogenous ketones to endurance athletes to give them a little bit more physical and psychological energy when they hit that wall and they need a little bit of extra energy to pull from. Ketone IQ has made a huge difference in my life. I would definitely recommend you check it out. There's a link and a discount code here in the show notes, hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30. A big thanks to Ketone IQ. Thank you to HVMN and Ketone IQ for supporting the inaugural Big Alta in our live stream coverage here of Race Weekend. These products, absolute game changers, and they're going to... Okay, and we are back here, the three of us now ready to talk shop after getting our Speedland fix and our quick update from the race. Director, what would you guys think of those quick combos? I'm sorry for hogging the mic there, but... No, it's, it's fun. It, it's exciting to see kind of what's going on behind the scenes race weekend as well because I don't know I think we as runners show up to events and it just seems like everything is smooth and there are no big problems and you get your bib and you run a race and then you're done and there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to make these things feel that smooth to everyone else and so it's I think it's nice to put faces to the names of folks that are out there trying to make it happen heck yes so 
let's start talking about the uh, the course and the races now. Um, it's funny, I just pulled up AccuWeather. We can start with the weather forecast. And when I pulled it up, of course, it was it was for Black Canyon City. So you can tell how I use these <laughs> weather predicting platforms in my free time. So anyway, Matt, if maybe you want to share my screen here, we'll just show the people what the weather forecast looks like here for race weekend. Take your time here, potting it up here. Okay. I think the audience can see this here. This is race weekend. Today is Friday, the 23rd of February. It's warm tomorrow. 64 degrees. The, the clouds are just burning off now. Fresh Northern California sunshine is about to touch our race course. And tomorrow is going to be absolutely glorious. Maybe even on the warm side, especially for people coming from winter climates, a high of 69 degrees here at Marinwood. Uh, it'll be what I'm hoping for is that we get the low lying fog in the morning. Oh, it just, it's so cool. It looks like you're running yeah. around islands. Yeah. I love it. It's unbelievable. And then Sunday high of 62. So a little bit cooler, but should be sort of a mix of clouds and sun. Anna, what do you think about race forecast this weekend? It feels like people would be ready to shred. Yeah. I mean, if I could choose a temperature to race in, it'd be like low sixties, honestly. And yeah, having just plopped down here in this beautiful part of the world um, from a very wintry climate previously, like, yeah, running in shorts and a t-shirt after you've been training in sometimes two pairs of pants, sometimes multiple jackets, hat, glove, buff up over the head, like whole nine yards. It feels so good and you feel so fast. So yeah, I've got a couple of friends coming in from Wyoming, um, also from Oregon, and I know they're all super excited to run in some warm weather. So awesome. yeah, it's going to be great. And I mean, since you only moved here two weeks ago, you've pretty much only seen the rainy NorCal, haven't you? I mean, this is like sort of our first exposure to sun in a little while. It's been another wet. wet that was here. My, my first winter in San Francisco was like that, where I was just like, what is this place? Like I've got rained off Tam several times with like Patty and Anne-Marie Madden. It can be full on nasty, but the sun's on its way. Yeah, it's definitely kind of kind of crazy. And also it's like extremely green here right now which is so beautiful like even some of the the photos that went up on the the free trail instagram like that's not what it looks like right now right now it looks like the pacific northwest it's super green and beautiful yeah 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 so you're referencing some photos we post over the last couple of days that are from the course but from the dry months of the year what i put up this morning some photos ryan took while he was out marking the course uh, yesterday will show the brilliant emerald hillsides of Loma Alta and Big Rock Ridge, which make up our race course. Speaking of which, let's talk about the race course. I've got the 50K pulled up on my computer here. We're going to share screen and talk you through it. This is an inaugural running of a race, first year of the Big Alta, driving that point home because later on in the show, we're going to make some predictions about what the finishing times are going to be, reckless speculation on how fast people will be able to cover this terrain. So stick around for that. But as we look at the 50K here, I'll just kind of run you through a quick overview of what the runners can expect tomorrow. Again, right, almost exactly a 50K. So 30.82 miles, just under 31, 7,500 feet of climbing and descending. And this course is legit, legit. Like it's hard. It's a mix of like fast and slow. The climbs are steep. Some of the, the descents are super steep. Like this is a very real 
50 kilometer race. So I'm gonna zoom out quickly so our audience can just get a sense of where we exist in space here. So obviously you'll see the city by the bay, beautiful San Francisco here in the lower center of my screen. The East Bay, Berkeley and Oakland over here, obviously Silicon Valley, San Jose down here. And we sit in Northern Marin County, Marinwood, California, just north of San Rafael. For people who have run in this area, you will notice here, oh, I just screwed this up. But this area here is what is known as the Marin Headlands. Up here a little bit further is Mount Tam, the Mount Tam State Park. Over here, the iconic Point Reyes National Seashore. Just north of Mount Tam is the Mount Tam Watershed. All of these areas are spectacular trail running yeah, destinations. Yeah, indi individually. Yeah. Like they're all, they're all super special, super unique. Yeah, you just have to like pick and choose which direction you want to run 20 miles in. My, my point of sharing all that is to show like where we are in relationship to all those things for people who have run in Marin. Because as I said at the beginning of our show, even a lot of the people who live in Marin don't come up and run where our race is being held. There has never been a race, in fact, held on Loma Alta and Big Rock Ridge, which felt to Jeremy and I like it was perfect serendipity like it was waiting and meant for us and so zooming back in here to Marinwood just going to walk you through what the runners can expect as they leave Marinwood here make that first climb up Loma Alta here to our first high point this is where me and Tim Tollefson are going to basically be chasing the men's and women's leaders in theory, <laughs> tomorrow morning. So we we hope we hope we can. <laughs> Otherwise, keep Adam, Mary, and I are going to have a real weird time in the studio. <laughs> yeah, and then runners will then drop down into the town of Fairfax. Corinne, tell the people a little bit about Fairfax. I mean, I love all these little communities. Yeah. Um, you'll see people road biking through all of them, but I'm a, a coffee shop to coffee shop kind of gal myself. I actually taught taught at a high school out in this area as well, and so I mean eclectic eclectic little town don't quit your race there to go get coffee or snack or something you got you got to keep running but. it was known as sort of like the hippie enclave of, it has that vibe yeah, still for still, sure it's yeah. definitely got a little bit of that and it's it's just it's a really beautiful little place yeah so there's an aid station down here that we're calling fox hollow we're gonna have david lamb as our on-course correspondent there at fox hollow we will not have cameras on this loop down to fairfax but when they come back up to loma alta on the second climb Tim and I will re-intercept the men's and women's leaders here and run down the hill to the Big Rock aid station. This is going to be an important aid station for the runners as they begin the ascent up to the true high point of the course. That is Big Rock Ridge. And then as they make their way down here, one of the major challenges on the race course are just these sort of, you know, probably four or five, a handful of grinding climbs that just Little, break momentum on the way down. Yeah, it makes it difficult. Micro climbs almost in yeah. which it's like, it's one of those things where they tell you a race is a downhill finish. And then they, you're like, man, there's a lot of uphill in this downhill finish. Like that big descent is going to feel like that. Like you're like, oh, I've got a long downhill. And it's like, yeah. you do but you've got four or five climbs that you have to make happen in that as well. Yeah. And then, so they will take the left-hand turn down chicken shack, throw back to the big chicken inspiration, and then go through the chicken shack aid station, eventually climb up the Ponte Ridge trail, which is a nice switchbacking single track in the shade. And then they make this hard left turn and go down what we call the whopper. 
which is maybe the most appropriately named trail in all of Marin Why County. Why is it called the Whopper? It is nasty. It is nasty. So if you're running the 50K tomorrow, make sure you are mentally prepared for this tough descent that comes late in the race. You're just over a marathon. You lose a thousand feet in a mile or so. And it's narrow, lumpy, seldom used neighborhood single track that almost doesn't exist as an official trail. Certainly doesn't get a lot of... I ran some similar similar things today. And with the rain and wind recently as well, they are extra lumpy. Extra lumpy. Would you say that's like the most technical part of the course? Yes, 100%. So right for at those, the end. Yeah, for those who are going to be taking part in the 50K tomorrow. Also, make sure that left-hand turn is the trickiest turn on the race course. So it comes right at 26.2 miles. So when people are cresting that marathon distance getting into the ultra marathon territory that's when you need to be looking for a hard left-hand turn going down the whopper yeah it's a challenging stretch of technical lumpy narrow seldom used single track as i said but once you get to the bottom final climb and then you're home free but yeah anyway it's a it's a really spectacular course um it's like i said trails that i run every single day and I can't wait to share everything with our runners here starting tomorrow. Any other comments on the 50k before I just show off the 28k a little bit? No I think I mean we'll talk more about like what we think people are going to run on it in a little bit but I I think that we've got a February early 50k 28k opener on our hands here for years and years to come. I hope so I hope so so then just talking quickly about the 28K, our viewers will be able to tell, but effectively this inner loop on the 50K becomes our 28K. So it's uh, has it shares many of the same trails. So, you know, basically climbing up to Loma Alta, instead of doing that Fairfax loop, you just bomb down Loma Alta Fire Road to the Big Rock Aid Station. A nice long scenic climb up to Big Rock Ridge and then a screaming fast descent, but that is punctuated with those rhythm breaking climbs on it as like sort of a short course specialist at this point in your career. How would you approach a race like the 28k strategically? Do you think would it come down to like the second climb? Do you think or I mean, I think that's definitely where I'd be hoping I felt good because <laughs> if you get to that second climb and you're not feeling good, that's sort of it's deep enough into the race that that could really break you. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure there's some runners who are looking at this, looking at those little bumps in the final major descent and and kind of getting stressed. Like if you're a good downhill runner, those might really break your rhythm. But I think for me, I looked at that and I was like, man, if I was racing, I'd be psyched on those bumps because they just break up the downhill, which can kind of hurt if you put too much of it back to back. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely an uphill specialist. So I, I think I'd be stoked about those. Um, so I think there's lots of different ways to kind of look at the course and every type of runner is going to see some area in there that they have a strength. And I think that's really exciting. That's what I was thinking, especially on the 28 K and we can talk about some of the people in the field here, but the bumps on the way down big rock Ridge made me feel like it'll keep the, the, the pack more consolidated mm -hmm. like there somebody it'll be harder for somebody to get away away because you know they'll always have that um you know rhythm breaking you know small climbs 
confronting them as they make their way down. Matt, maybe pull it up one more time here. I wanted to point out one other thing on my computer that I think is relevant to our viewing audience. Again, our two high points on the course are Loma Alta, which is on the south side, and Big Rock Ridge, which is up here on the north side. One of the things that makes this race different and interesting, especially for the elites in the race, are that these two high points are kind of very tall, high, grassy knolls. It's not like Mount Tam where there's vegetation and trees all over the place, which means you have a super long line of sight at your competition. Which is both awesome and potentially awful. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I wanted to talk about. Like, give a, give a little uh, substance as to why it would be such that. Well, I... I saw this happen at Black Canyon a little bit because we had those two short out and backs, which gave people like a good sense of where folks were. We just interviewed Becca Wendell for Trail Society. And she actually said that when she came into the 51K or yeah, the 50K aid station or so that she saw Rachel heading out when she was heading in. And she was like, oh, like I am way further up than I thought. And like, I'm feeling good. And I'm like, like thriving on that, like momentary check in versus like having no idea where your competition is. Um, so I think it can really buoy people along, but it can also be one of those things where it's like, you can't break the elastic as easily. You're not out of sight, out of mind as easily. Cause like, those are tactics that we all play with, right? It's like, cool. If I can get out of sight, out of mind, that's where I want to be. And that's going to be a lot harder to do with those long, like areas of visual. So psychologically, it's just like a, an extra variable that I think the professionals are going to be wrestling with out there. It's like, you know, whether you're feeling good or bad, you can see the person in front of you. You know, the person behind you can see you, too. And so, you know, it just adds a, an interesting dynamic, especially, you know, at the high points of both of our courses. So an interesting thing. And we wish we could use drones because if we were allowed to this would be the perfect course for drones so fingers crossed that we earn the trust of the local permitting authorities here in year number one and we can fly drones next year <laughs> that thought is just giving me like bike race vibes like just seeing them you know tour de france like going through the fields rolling be pretty sweet and then I wouldn't have to try and keep up with Drew Holman. And you, would, you could stop morning. training right yeah. now. We got to save Dylan's legs. So <laughs> no, I need it. I need the, I need the training. A good six mile tempo to start the day tomorrow. Let's talk about some of the fields. Do you have the list pulled up here? I have, I have some fantasy in front of me. You already so, want to start 50 K or 28 K? Let's start, let's start with the 50 K since it happens first. Yep. Um, let's start with the women. Um, it feels to me like we have some like young, new talent coming to the Big Alta uh, this weekend. Like, it, again, it's a first year race and we have a solid field. I'm really happy about it. But, you know, someone like Lottie Brinks, right, who's I think like 27. Something I love like her. That. She's so great and a great athlete. And, you know, she came and ran Gorge last year and did awesome there, too. But I think she sort of almost like like Anna, maybe a couple of years ahead of Anna, sort of represents this new, younger school of trail runners that are making a mark on the sport. I know. So, I called someone a whippersnapper the other day, like referring to like a young, like a spry, a spry young runner. And Stephen's like, Karen, you're 33. And I was like, yeah, and they're 23. Like, therefore, I have the authority to say that they're like this young runner. Yeah. But I kind of feel that way about some of the folks that are coming up Um in the field that we'll see both in the 50K and in the 28K. But yeah, Lottie, I think, represents that kind of next group of runners really making an impact. Um, 
you know, ran a great grindstone earlier this year. I think she's best known for kind of fast, flat running, but she clearly can climb really well. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see what she can do out there. Sweet. <coughs> what about, um, I've, I don't know Christina Randrup, but I know you've brought her up multiple I times when we've been her. working together. Christina kicks my butt at least once a week. Um, I joke that I don't have to do threshold sessions cause I just like go like climb with Christina up a, up a long grade in the Seattle area. And it's, it's pretty good training. She's from the East Bay. Um, her parents still live in the East Bay. So she grew up, grew up here and loves racing in California for that reason. Um, and actually like, doesn't like, didn't run collegiately. Like she's done trail and ultra stuff since she was essentially a high schooler. Um, but she's really, I mean, she ran, I don't know how many 50 Ks last year. She's very, very fast. Um, and this puts her on, on home turf. She came back for quad earlier this year, um, broke her wrist probably oh, in January, early January during our ice storm. And she had surgery on it. It's, it's healed, but this will be kind of her first, some of her first, like, I'm going to go recklessly throw my body down a hill style of running in a little while. So I'm curious to kind of see what that looks like, but she, that girl can climb. Like she's, she's not, it's not a climber's fun to 50K. get dragged by. It's a climber's 50K. So I think that she is someone that I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on in this race. Actually a name that just, I noticed as well as um, Rachel and Trekken, who probably is not on the radar for a while. She's lot of not going to run, unfortunately. No. I need to send an update because to Travis she is, for fantasy. She's super interesting yeah. if she was running. Like, she's like, does insane stuff in the mountains. Like, this would be a very fast, short race for her. She does like 200. But akin to the Tara Dower effect, it's like, it turns out, like, they can run really good 50Ks and they can, like, do a unsupported you know, route around Rainier or Glacier yeah. Peak, or she won plane, I think, outright 100 mile, which is a notoriously oh. cool hard rock qualifier because the course isn't marked and the only aids at the 100K mark. And so they're just like out in the Washington woods by themselves. I gotta and she, do and that she won one. it outright. So it's like, she's, she's a super interesting character. So I'm bummed that she won't be in this field this weekend. It's too bad. Anything you want to add there, Anna? Um, I mean, I just learned this morning from Christina's Instagram that we graduated from the same undergrad program at University of Washington. So just shout out that that's kind of cool. Yeah, is, isn't she doing a PhD? She's doing a PhD. Yeah. yeah. So she's working in one of the labs that studies whales, a specific type of whale that I cannot remember. Um, but yeah, so very, very smart human being, very dedicated runner. Like she, I think she ran with an, uh, a resident, a fellow at from UW this weekend at like five fifteen in the morning, so that they could both get runs in before before work hours commenced, and that's that's pretty next level dedication. I really I really like sleep. Heck yeah! All right, well, let's talk about the men's fifty k quickly. I think this is probably the most competitive field that we have out of the fifty k and twenty eight k this weekend. Colorado showing up. The Boulder Boys. Big time. The Boulder Boys plus Eli Hemming in the field this weekend. Anna, why don't you get us started? Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely cool to see Eli. I think this is the first time he's raced in his new kit, right? For Terex? He, he, he kicked he, ass. He, oh, he, oh my God. I'm like, wow. Okay. He <laughs> yeah. Kicked yeah. So, but on a roll. So yeah. it'll be really cool to see him showing and up And he here. likes racing a lot. Yeah. Like we've yeah. talked, I've talked to him about this. I'm like, can we like work on how we double up on races a little bit? Like maybe we spread some of them out, but I think this is like the one kind of like odd oddity in there. Their current, the, the Temming Haber, they're the, 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 the Hemming Shoal household. Yeah. Um, this is like the one oddity 
for them this week or like this like kind of back to back but yeah the dude is so fast so Anna I, what I'd love to hear you talk about because you've raced on the Golden Trail World Series which both Tabor and Eli sort of targeted last year and here Eli is running a 60k at Black Canyon now 50k two weeks later I don't know what he's his plan is he for the rest of the season he hasn't he's hinted at wanting to step up in distance but he has not he has not told any of us what that actually is yet, despite despite prying. Well, I'll, I'd love to get a sense of his racing, uh, you know, schedule for 2024. But starting the season with a 60K and a 50K back-to-back does feel kind of out of character for Eli. It does a little bit, but I think he's shown hints of kind of trending in that direction for the past year or so. Um, I think that became pretty evident to me. Uh, Tabor and Eli last fall I guess when they they had three weeks back to back to back and I don't think that ended up panning out how uh either of them were expecting but um yeah definitely he's just hungry for race opportunities and I think that's uh, a very unique thing about about Eli especially yeah the Kodiak to um Golden Trail Golden Trails like World Series finals double was pretty insane they also did the early season um broken arrow to Mount Marathon double and then directly into Mont Blanc mm-hmm. Mar- like, like it's just those two cannot be stopped and so I'm curious to see kind of what that actually means later in the season for him but he he is the guy that I mean the men's field is is particularly deep for this 50k and Eli Hemming is the one who will kind of sit at the top of that and we're just kind of curious to see we all we also I think he comes into this race with us knowing exactly kind of where his leg speed is and how, like what his fitness is versus, you know, we haven't seen like Drew Holman race in a while. Darren and Darren Thomas and Gus Gibbs were both pacing at black Canyon. So they've been running, but it's just like, I'm, it'll be a little bit more of a tester, a true opener for a bunch of the other guys in the field. I just pulled up the black Canyon 60 K results and Eli won by 30 minutes. And he broke the record by a massive amount too. How much did he break the record by? Do you remember? Okay. I don't remember. I want to apologize to Eli. I feel like I just totally discounted some incredible thing he did. (laughs) It's it's hard, you know, to remember all the amazing stories from this year's black Canyon. So Eli was was wild to follow along with. So yeah. And the 60 K I think is going to get progressively more competitive there. It's still, I feel like, a little bit under the radar for a race weekend, but it's, I mean, the women's field in the 60 K in particular was like, so, yeah. so bananas competitive. I mean, with just how important that hundred K is becoming, you'd think that just a critical mass of people would start targeting that shorter distance race on Sunday of black Canyon week. And so the Boulder boys, let's say just a couple of words about Drew Holman, Matt Daniels, and their new adopted member, the newest member of the Boulder Boys, Moises Jimenez from Vert Run, is now part of uh, the Boulder Boys group. Yeah, they've and, gone global. And uh, and he's racing tomorrow, too. Yeah, I know. I think it's kind of interesting that, that there's three of them that will be in one race together. While and Seth Ruling's doing Transgram. I know. Yeah. I'm really excited to see. And Adam Mary's going to be sitting here doing the broadcast with we you. we got Boulder Boys takeover. We've got to watch out for them. <laughs> but yeah, really excited to see. I mean, it was great to spend time with Matt um, Daniels doing the our, our trail gating ahead of the Black Canyon race weekend. Um, yeah, just really, really excited to see both like he and Drew pin on bibs this week and get after it. They were making fun of Drew. I, I listened to the Boulder Boys podcast. I feel like I can say that here. It's a safe space. Um, 
they were joking that Drew posted on Instagram that he was running. And they're like, that means he registered for the race. Like, yeah, like nice work, Drew. Because they, it seems like he t- tends to hedge maybe as to when he signs up for things a little bit. Yeah. But finally, finally pulled the trigger and, well, and will it be was, this weekend. I think it was Ryan Thrower, our guy who finally got him to register. Isn't that right? Ryan, Ryan? just signed up Do you for wanna, him. Co- come have a seat with us. Yeah. yeah come join us. It's time. I told him it was the last day to sign up. Yeah. So there had been a rumor circulating that Drew Holman was going to register for the Big Alta, but his name was never appearing on the start list. And, but Ryan, who's close with Drew and Sasha, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's running. And I'm like, well, like he's got to start today's he didn't respond. So then I did the little double tap exclamation point. And like 15 minutes later, he's like, all right, fine. I registered. <laughs> so. Okay, I did that with Chuck and Nut. Chrissy yeah. was like, Hey, I heard from the podcast that you're running Chuck and Nut. You want to put yourself on the wait list? And I was like, <laughs> I'll get right on that. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, Drew Holman, somebody who we all know and love and think so highly of. I actually met Drew as part of V1 San Francisco running company back in the day when Harmony and I were living here in our first tour of duty in Marin. Now we're in tour of duty number two that will never end. We will absolutely never leave again. But Drew Holman, the sort of recovering ultimate Frisbee player who had a long blonde ponytail at the time was showing up to the group room. We're like, dude, this kid is strong. And now look at him. He's a freaking top five performer at CCC, one of the best in the world. And here he is coming back to Marin where it all started to take on a 50K tomorrow. Yeah, the the homeland. I think it's kind of cool too. Gus Gibbs, also a, a hometown, hometown boy grew up just up the street from the deuce in, in Mill Valley. Um, so I think that he, I mean, he paced a massive leg at Black Canyon to get Chris Myers to that third place and golden ticket finish. But yeah, I think Gus is fit and ready to rip on home trails too, which is always exciting to see. He seems to be in a great frame of mind too. Living in Boise nowadays, yeah. he's been there for seven or eight years probably. But They've got a burgeoning, a burgeoning trail community yeah, L- Lottie, too. Lottie's, Lottie's there Lottie's now. from Boise now, so couple of uh, contenders from the Boise contingent here this weekend. Darren Thomas is also one of those athletes who I've followed for years and years, who I think has been hot and cold just due to injury for whatever reason. He's sort of been sort of injury prone. Uh, but when he's on, like he's competitive with the best. You and I will recall the year at uh, Broken Arrow when he was like two seconds behind Joe Gray in the 23K. Yeah all the way down to the wire and the finishing shoot simultaneously. And it seems like he's healthy. I know that he yeah. had that like kind of long go with the injury, but he, he paced Trayson to a really stout finish at Black Canyon as well. We got a lot of pacers from Black Canyon that yeah. will be racing this weekend. And um, he seems, he, he actually crashed at our house afterwards because the delayed start there made him miss his flight. I was like, bold, that was a tight connection, buddy. Like you weren't going to make it with a two and a half hour delay. Um, so he, he crashed with us for the night and it seems like things are moving in the right direction for him, which is the guy, the guy is fit. The thing, well, maybe before we get to that, maybe just closing the loop, Matt Daniels, I'm really excited to see him, you know, open his season here. He's also going to run the gorge hundred K in a couple of weeks, but he was part of our coverage team at Black Canyon a couple of weeks ago. And everything I've heard from the rest of the Boulder boys is like, Matt is 
ready. Which so, is scary. Yeah, which is scary. And I think they're all staying together here in our neighborhood also. So excited to see Matt Daniels race. What I was about to get to is like strategically, again, first year race. There's no context. There's no precedent about like when to go, when to push, what's the crux, etc. If you're looking at the elevation profile, the distance, the spacing with aid stations and stuff, do you have you started prognosticating internally about how things might evolve. I'm actually, I'm really curious to see this group of guys and this group of gals like on the start line together, just because I feel like there's some characters who we haven't seen maybe in the same race, at least not in a, like not in a while who all bring really distinct skills to it. So like, is someone going to take it out? just like mega hard, like on that first climb. Cause, cause you totally could. I hope not. Cause I got to try and keep up with a gimbal. <laughs> yeah. But then you can be like, cool. The first is up there by themselves. I'm now a second and third like that. There's nothing, there's no, there's no shame in having to fall back the field a little bit. But I, I think with this group of guys, we'll see, we'll see them kind of pack up. I think up that first climb, I don't think big moves will be made until yeah. probably coming back out of, out of that Fairfax loop. But, um, yeah, I think it's probably after that point. I think it's probably heading into maybe that that second big prominent climb after Fairfax where they see you guys again at the top. Maybe that, in my mind, would be kind of a natural place to start pushing. You marked that section yesterday. That climb back up to Loma Alta is a grind. It is. Yeah. And it's kind of a runnable grade, but it just comes... Well, I think everything debatably is runnable. It just depends. Yeah. It's all runnable. Yeah. I think if, if I was running the 20K, I... Personally, with my fitness, could run everything, but the 50K, I might be power hiking some of those. Those are punchy. But I do think that's kind of the but most. For the elites, it puts them in the red zone right. quick. Like it's steep enough to where, you know, being in race pace on that type of an incline, they're, you know, they're threshold easy. I think early, that's, early in the race. I know the whole course is kind of like the underrated part of Marin, but I think that's the underrated part of the course yeah. is that climb back up to La Malta. It's so cool. And it's a grind and it yeah, comes early. I was just talking. So Aaron Long, who is just in here, uh, I just saw him when he was out finishing up marking the course. I ran up the final climb on the 50K course, which is such a gem, my favorite trail on the course. And uh, we were talking again, start getting our prognostication going uh, while we we're marking the course uh, about how I, I really do think it could come down to going down the whopper and climbing the Andy Stone final climb back up to Queenstone. Like it could come down to who I want. I want a sprint finish. That would be incredible. I want people to just be falling down the whopper and then clawing their way back out and then just a nasty sprint finish on that final descent. I mean, the whopper, have you ever that's, been That's on? what I'm dreaming for. Yeah. I mean, that's the type of trail where, I mean, typically in a one mile descent, you would never anticipate somebody getting a gap. But if you're comfortable on that type of terrain, which is, again, very loose, technical, very steep, you could put um, 30 seconds or a minute into somebody there. And that could be kind of a decisive moment. But then the final climb is a kick in the butt, too. Like all the climbs on average, this part of Marin is much steeper than the Marin Headlands or Mount Tam. Yeah, it's a little less of that gimme vert. I feel like a lot of the headlands, particularly the southern headlands, have that, yeah, we call it gimme vert, where it's like, oh, yeah, we ran 3,000 feet. Wouldn't have known. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't feel that hard um, versus, and you're at sea level, which is great, but I feel like the steeper stuff on this side of the mountain can be pretty nasty. Yeah. 
we did a big group run, like a course preview run for a lot of the local participants three, four weeks ago. And that was kind of the consensus was like, wow, that was hard. Because again, a lot of the people who live locally have never run on Big Rock Ridge. <laughs> and we ran the last 17 miles of course. And everybody was like, geez, like that's, that's hard. Yeah, there's like, a lot. It's a legit hard 50K. There's a lot of fire roads, I feel like, in Marin that are like pleasantly graded for vehicles. And then there are a lot of fire roads that are not graded for anything. I'm not, I've like going, going down them on a bike's not fun. Going up them on a bike's not fun. Running up them is near impossible. So I feel like this, this course in particular highlights a bunch of that. Yeah. So one name that I didn't mention here that I want to, before we get to Harmony's great idea, which is to make finishing predictions here, uh, finishing time predictions. That is David Laney posted something hilarious this morning that if he wins, Ryan Gelfie has promised to go streaking. So to Love our viewing that. audience, that's something to keep your eye out for in the chat tomorrow. If David Laney is out front, we got to root hard for him because that means that da uh, that Ryan the Gelfie police are will be get forced to go streaking somewhere. Wherever Ryan Gelfie is at this moment in time, he'll have to go streaking and post video evidence of such. Okay, so let's do a quick, um, quick prediction of men's and women's winning times tomorrow again race has never been run this is total shot in the dark this was harmony's idea harmo do you want to come give your prediction or do you want me to read it no you can read it okay so harmony's prediction is men's winning time will be three hours 53 minutes women's winning time will be four hours 14 four hours 17 minutes you want to add any context to that? That's just a feeling. Just a feeling, just a feeling she I says. Know <laughs> she knows she it's just a feeling, but she knows she's that right. She's right, yeah. That's typically how things go. They're gonna go all be like, house. slow down, slow down, we gotta yeah. make harmony right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'll go next because I think this may help the rest of our panel here. I've jogged the 50k course twice in five hours each time give or take a minute or two. Can you define jog? Yeah, what is a jog? <laughs> Just a casual day out, like not pushing. Is he like the Strava elites who are like recovery watch. run? And it's I, I will say when we made our course preview video and I looked at your Strava, which was like, it, it gives you a, like a rating score of how hard your effort was. Yours was like 40. It was like, didn't break a sweat. And mine was historic. <laughs> so just to put that into context, mine's literally said historic. Look at it. <laughs> Hannah starts coaching me, you know, dad, in dad spirit. Strength. And all of a sudden the it's the dad strength, right? The RPE goes way down. <laughs> um, where it finally comes out. All right. So I've jogged it twice in about five hours. So I was going to guess the men's winning time will be about four hours, just predicting they'll go an hour faster at race pace, which would mean that I would predict the women's winning time to be 435. So that'll be my prediction. So I'm, I'm predicting a little slower than Harmony. Oh man, I'm the, the bold one. I think with this men's field, they're going to go 345. Um, I think his, I think generally I would say a minute per mile to get the women's time. So I'd say four fifteen. but I think that there's not quite as deep of a field in the 50 K. So I'm going to give them, um, four twenty. Okay. So three forty five and four twenty are my predictions. Anna, you've never run a 50 K. What do you think? What is a 50 K <laughs> over under? 
I'm just going to make it easy and go, yeah, 4, 4.30, I think. Um, All right, so Anna and I agree. Great minds. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, you yeah, said no. 4.35, right? 4.35, okay. So 4 and 4.30. Okay. I, th- I like to think of, we were talking yesterday, what the over-under would be. Yeah. Like, what are the Vegas odds for you either take the over and un- or under? And I think 3.55 is where I would I would have a tough time deciding if it would be faster than that or a little bit slower than that. So I'm going to say 355 and I'll go 425 because I think that's just in between okay. what everyone said. All right, so women. we'll see who's closest. We're all sort of in the same ballpark. Yeah, we didn't discuss that yet. Ryan Gelfi is going streaking for us. <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> the winner, something at the after party, we'll figure out there'll be a grand prize at the after party. For the person who who for yeah you'll be recognized among the group at the after party as being the best predictor <laughs> okay 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 um speaking of which go to fantasy.freejall.com you can play along with us not by predicting the finishing time though travis that would be a great feature to add potentially we all, we've always do, talked about do using more that as a do breaker. more work yeah right um <laughs> We'll talk about a new feature on fantasy here in just a little bit. But again, fantasy.freetrail.com, pick five deep in the 50K. We're going to talk about the 28K here briefly before we wind down. Um, I think, you know, on the women's side, probably the two favorites are Tabor Hemming and Claire Rhodes. I don't know a lot about Claire Rhodes, except for that she's like really good at these types of races and that she's from Alaska, which means lives, she's probably But great. lives in Denver, or not Denver, wow, lives in Reno. She's a UNR grad student i want to say so um her and her partner Trayson are both part of that who reno. just crushed it over at black canyon yeah part of that yeah. reno crew so i think that you know familiar like familiarity with kind of the types of terrain that she'll be racing on this weekend but yeah is a is a really solid kind of sub 50k runner so very excited to see see her um run this weekend and pulling up the rest of my list but yeah Tabor dropping from the 50k I think adds kind of a degree an, an extra degree of excitement thrown into this women's women's field and then um a gal from the bay area who's incredibly quick and I'm really excited to see her race she's historically been fo- focusing more on the road marathon but has done things like the rut and I was like, you chose like the hardest trail race to be your trail race to focus on as a road runner um Becca Lohman who's a, a Bay Area gal, yep. has raced with the Impalas historically, um, I think could be a, a surprise to a lot of people flying under the radar for the most part. Mill Valley local. Topher Gaylord's in the chat saying, hey, did I miss something or can we talk about Ryan's beard? We'll get to that in a little bit. Let's stay on the 28K. Did you have anything you wanted to add from the women's race? You don't have the field in front of you, but you know the likes of Tabor and Claire. And this is sort of like... I tried to peer pressure you to sign up. So like if you were looking at the field or thinking about this race, how would you kind of predict things to go down? Um, I mean, I think it's super exciting. There's a lot of people in there who I kind of was going through their results and um, I think have an opportunity here with a pretty cool breakthrough at a new event um, early in the season. So yeah, lots of local talent. Um, And of course, Tabor and Claire, um, and actually I learned about Claire, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I used to ski race with Trayson. And so I kind of started seeing things about Claire popping up and was like, wow, she's, she's hit the scene in a cool way. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see how, how these women all, all duke it out together. And I wish I was going to be out with them, but it'll be cool to watch. Awesome. 
Yeah, I think the one person that you had on your preview that we haven't mentioned is a PNW gal, Rachel Lenz, yeah. who will also be racing this weekend, who's done his like who's done really well kind of in that local Washington, Oregon, you know, daybreak racing territory yep. gal um coming down for the twenty eight K this weekend. So excited to see kind of what, what she can do on the course as well. Addie Thompson in the chat saying Keep your eye on Brittany Blitzer. Do you know anything about that, Ray? Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything because oh. I need the fantasy points. But <laughs> I have her in my top three uh, for fantasy. I met her at Footprints um, this past October. She's solid runner. Awesome. Solid runner. Okay. But don't pick her because oh, I need her. the points. <laughs> don't pick her. In the, in the 28K? <laughs> I guess She so. has no results. At oh, the very bottom, one of those sneaky uh, the old ones. Hoopiter, oh, the old the old Hoopiter trick. The old sneaky, you don't exist on ultra sign up yeah. trick. Sneaky huh? reeky. Yeah. I mean, I guess I just I bet that there's somebody who sneaks in to the top five that we've never heard that, of. Yeah, that has not had a breakthrough race before yeah. um, that we're not talking about right now. Yeah, that's what I hope this race can be is like just an opportunity for a few people to put an awesome new result on the board in a place where we're going to have a live stream where they can get their name out there and where they can start building a career for themselves. Like hopefully this is a good opportunity for a few young up and comers this weekend. Anything else you want to add to the women or should we talk about the men? We can dive into the men's field. I think go for it. Oh, Cause it's goodness. sick. It's I'll, it I'll, sick. I'll just get us started. Um, we've got a great group of locals, which I know, you know, those I'm, characters. So I'll leave them yeah. for you. Okay, One thanks. guy who I'm just really excited to have here is Liam Myro, who we've collaborated with on free trail stuff in the past. People will remember the rookie season thing that we did where free trail supported him on a trip that he made out to Europe to race in some of the mountain, uh, running world cup events last late summer, fall. We met Liam when he came and absolutely dominated the 30K at Gorge last year. Turns out he's from Breckenridge. I'm a Colorado boy. We hit it off. He's a great dude. Just signed a contract with Nike, officially a professional runner, a really solid talent. And, you know, sort of like Anna targeting these sort of 28K or, you know, sort of sub ultra distance events and i know he's motivated and excited and he's coming back to gorge in a couple months too so shout out to liam we're arguably the best vibe of anyone oh he is in running so excited also i think as a skateboarder i feel like he's got he's got yeah the vibe the vibe is strong with that one yeah fun sunglasses crop top cheetah print i don't know some other things probably probably. really well at the after party yeah oh i'm sure he brought like several iterations of costumes for for after party potential so it'll be really exciting to see him throw down all right so walk people through the local contingent we've got in the 28k i mean it's, it's like it's like the who's who yeah. of like tam leaderboard scenario um you've got nick handel who i think was initially in the 50k maybe but came down dropped into the 20 no he's been in the 28 yeah good good i feel like he ran like 10 50ks last year yeah. so this is good that we've got some variety from nick nick was the second American at OCC finishing 11th and ran a really strong back half of that race. Um, really kind of, I feel like, f- like finally figuring out some of the running stuff. So I think a 28 K is actually great for him because it, it allows him to practice. I think some of the, some of his weaknesses on the trail, right. Whereas like he kind of like has been this like come from behind chart, like 
char- late charger and a 28K is going to force him to, I think, play cards a lot quicker, which I think is a really good place for him to be in. And then you've got Levi Miller and Patty O'Leary, who I think have like vendettas to break each other on Tam at this point. Um, but Levi is a phenomenal human being, um, is really, really fast and probably is not well known out- outside of the Bay Area. Um, but is a legit good runner when he's not hobbled by something, I think has been kind of a historic issue for him. So I think a 28 K race for him really like plays into all of his strengths. And then while Patty O'Leary wants to be a hundred mile runner, the dude's best race ever was like a six K cross country race in the Bay area. Like (laughs) he's so fast if he lets himself be fast. And so I think that that's a really interesting kind of dynamic of with Nick and Levi and Patty, all very, very capable runners who could definitely be pushing, pushing the pace for one of those podium spots. Yeah. Levi Miller is one of those characters who I left out Jeff Stern too. Yeah. Jeff, one more local, but you know, for people who live in Marin, they know that Levi's a savage, right? But he doesn't race a lot. But he's the guy who introduced me to Andrew Bumbelo. Those guys ran together at University of Georgetown. Levi's a four-minute miler. He's, you know, my age now, so he's probably far from running a four-minute mile. But he's the best uphill runner I've ever seen in my life. He used, he has one of the fastest times ever on TAM. And uh, just, yeah, an overall fantastic human being and athlete who... When was the last time he raced? Because his ultra sign-up said like 2016. Yeah, 2016. He had been hampered by like very serious injuries for years. Like thought he was going to have to give up running. Stress fractures and I mean also like thriving in his career, has has a little little kiddo. So I feel like X... I feel like he's one of those guys that's done a really good job of kind of cleaving that identity apart a little bit where... Running is a dependence thing for a lot of us. It's like our our entire identities at times. And I feel like he's in this this place where how he exercises comes across to me anyway as like a lot different than it probably was in like the early 2010s, yeah. for example. So I think he's he's destined to to have a have a good day with a bib pinned on. I wonder what he'll do because he is like he should have been a VK specialist if he. Yeah like could go back in time and, you know, do a trail running career. He's such a good climber. He actually, okay, again, Big Rock Ridge is the second highest point Marin County behind Mount Tam. And it's a grind from my house to the summit is four and a half miles with whatever, 2,500 feet of climbing. But, you know, there's a few ups and downs on the way up. And all of the ups are like very steep and Levi's got the CR on Big Rock Ridge by some ridiculous margin. So look out for for Levi Miller. Um, So anyway, yeah, a lot of fun characters in both races tomorrow. I think we should probably 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 people that we'll completely miss as well who are going to have like Scott Boz is in the race. He's a great runner. I think he ran at like Cal Poly back in the day works for fast dude. Fast dude fast dude Thoreau's just really giving out all of his fantasy free trail secrets right now yeah. you put a mic I hope in everyone's taking notes on this <laughs> yeah. yeah get this mic out of my hand but don't don't also maybe don't follow my advice because I'm like 99th for the year not I'm just trying to catch up to Jim you're not no, yeah you're not Jim Walmsley <laughs> Jim Walmsley number six overall in fantasy right now <laughs> um okay so let's do our predicted finishing times Harma did you have yours yet for the 28th I think we're well, leaning. We're leaning on. Think about we're it. leaning on Anna. I think for this one. Since okay, Anna, get us started. 
she she understands what a 28k <laughs> yeah. is the rest of us are just barely holding on predicted finishing times okay men's i'm going 140 i have no idea if that's going to be even remotely close okay here so when i run the loop in the okay. opposite direction sometimes i'll like tempo going up the two climbs i think the fastest i've ever done it is like 210 just going hard up the climbs so not like race race pace okay i'm gonna stand by that i think like 140 um somewhere between 140 and 145 and then women's uh 214 great right you want to go next i'm gonna go bold uh 153 for men's and I'm going to go to 13 for women. <laughs> Get it really splitting hairs over there. Well, I'm glad we're in consensus on that. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. I'm going to say 150 for men's winning time because we're using group think here now. Yeah. And with that being said, I'm going to go with, Probably like 210 to 212 for the women. Okay. You need to pick one of those. Pick one. 211. Okay. <laughs> okay, we got good good stuff from Aid Station Fireball here in the chat. So my prediction, I'm going to go, I'm going to take the over. Okay, I'm going to say 158. So I'm taking the slowest time for the men and then... Yeah, 216 for the women. Okay. In the chat here, Aid Station Fireball, who is quick, got the Mount Tam ascent. 158 to 12 for Harmony. So we're about about the same. Hopefully, hopefully Harmony is taking notes so that we remember what we predicted. Yeah. <laughs> so Aid Station Fireball reminding everybody that Levi is indeed the fourth fastest ever on the Mount, Mount Tam ascent. Jim Walmsley, number one. And we got to get Remy to go for it when he comes out for the Golden Trail in uh, August or September. Galen Burrell, second, who was sort of Levi's mentor back in the day. And Eddie Owens, who's still a local ripper, are one, two, three, Levi fourth ever on Tam. Topher, Topher said that Levi is the Widowmaker Invitational Champion. Yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of different ways. Anna, you'll, you'll soon figure this out. There's a bunch of different ways to get up Tam, and they all have their own very distinctive flavor. And Widowmaker yeah. is one of them. Appropriately named. Appropriately named. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What are we forgetting to do? We made our predictions. We were supposed to talk about his beard. Okay. Well, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Talk about your beard and then fill people in on what you and Tony with a Sony are doing tomorrow. Somebody sent me a DM yesterday and said I look like Tom Hanks in Castaway. And I think that's the nail in the coffin for the beard. You might see me this weekend with a clean shaven face. Um, so, Tony. Yeah, honestly, I don't race very often. And when I do, I don't get butterflies. Probably because I'm not a very competitive racer, but brag. for stuff like this, like thinking about my plan this weekend, I, I'm butterflies right I'm now. I'm terrified. Because I just don't have that much time. The second I'm, I'm going to be at Loma Alta on Sunday, the second I see the leaders, I'm going to be stressed, like making sure I get like the top men and women. And then I have to like run a thousand feet down to the car and drive back and hopefully make the finish in time. 
it's like, it's, it's crazy. So Tony and I have a pretty decent plan. We're going to be bopping around like leapfrogging each other to give us time. The 50 K hopefully will be a little less stressful, but, um, it's, it's such a fast, it's just a short race, a short time to catch a hundred miles or chill. It takes so long. Well, black Canyon. I mean, I could drive, hop out of the car, run like five miles or something, plenty of time to get in the car, run again. And we have like three major aid stations where you have time to get all these different shots and you can, you know, stick around for even the front of the mid pack at some of them. Whereas this is like, just, you got to execute a perfect race of shooting the race. So (laughs) it's going to be VO2 max. You got to put those butterflies into flying formation. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out my lens set up for how I can be light and fast. Cause there's a lot of climbing and it's gotta be fast. So, yeah, and it's not easy to get to much of the course. Yeah. We should say, I mean, nobody comes up here yesterday when we were marking the course, we had been out for three hours before we saw a single human being. And they're like, Hey, Rundridge. what are you doing out here? It's incredible. We're like, Oh yeah, we're marking a course. We're like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Couldn't care less. <laughs> All right, well, we can start winding down. So just to our viewing audience here, make sure you go to fantasy.freetrail.com, get your picks in. Harmony reminded me a second ago that Travis has shipped a new feature, which is you can basically do head-to-head comparisons. So when you're making your fantasy picks, you could say like, hey, how many times have Darren Thomas and Eli Hemming raced against each other and see the record of them going head-to-head like nadal and federer back in the day or something like that fantasy.freetrail.com go get your picks in five deep for both men and women in the 50k and the 28k we're gonna be back here tomorrow corinne and adam mary are co-hosting the broadcast starting at 7 30 race will start at eight o'clock myself and tim tollefson are going to pull the first shift the first six and a half or so miles with the leaders tomorrow uh the mountain outpost crew is going to be doing their best to crush it on the live broadcast and it's going to be a bit of an experiment for us here but uh we do appreciate everybody's support and so their patience much hinges with us. on you guys not having human mechanicals out there yeah. tomorrow we're going to do the very best that we can and uh either way you know it's going to be a victory no matter what happens and we're just so excited to be doing this here in the first year make sure you do check out the description of today's youtube video there's links discount codes to all our brand partners goldwin you can get one of these sweet free trail collab jackets t-shirts shorts etc we got some Speedland, GSPGH, you know, discount codes in there as well. Sign up for my team for the Wings for Life race. Red Bull is also a sponsor of this weekend's live stream broadcast and of the race itself. They've obviously been great supporters of mine throughout my career, and we're going to be raising a ton of money for the Wings for Life. So join my team. It's like 25 bucks. View it as a donation. You can find a link to that here in the discount code or in the description on YouTube also. And of course, Ketone IQ. Fed Matt Feldick, his first ketone shot this morning. He's absolutely jacked. Yeah, he looks ready to go. Final thoughts from the panel here? Just well done. This is awesome. Like, it hasn't even started yet, and I'm already super hyped. So I think it's going to be really fun weekend. What are you going to be up to? Are you going to come join Adam and Corinne for a little bit in the studio tomorrow? I mean, I'd love to if they'll have me. Um, I also want to be out on the course and get a taste of what the racing's like and... Yeah, cheer for some friends out there. So I'll be around. Heck yeah. Yeah, just bop. You can bop around on your bike, I think, on almost everything too. Might be steep, but 
Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. We're gonna have a ton of fun in the studio all weekend. Inaugural races always like have their their hiccups, but I'm hoping that we have a really smooth smooth weekend all around, a safe a safe experience for all the runners out there, and hopefully a joyous one as they make their way around what are your backyard trails, which is such a cool thing to do to get to share your backyard with so many people. I was just gonna say that you know this morning I went out for a 40 minute run universally acknowledged as the best distance to run 40 minutes. And I was just like, man, I'm so happy. I feel like I should be super anxious or like even like excited is not the right word. Like I'm just happy that we're doing this. No, but that's, that's like when you're perfectly tapered for a race where you're like, you're not dreading it. You're not hyped. You're just like, you're just like Zen. You're just like, I'm kind of almost indifferent in like the best way though, like a positive indifference. The thing is, as you said, first year races, you do learn. Like, I'm sure there will be something where we're like, ah, shit, like we screwed that up. But right now, like, I'm just so excited that everybody would come and uh, take part in our first year event and, uh, and trust us with their racing goals. And we're going to do our best to make it worth their while out there on the race course. We're going to sell out even faster next year. We're going to sell out super quick next year. So anyway, all right. Well, that was a really fun uh, pre-race show. Trail gating. A big thank you to Matt Feldick behind the cameras here and the whole Mountain Outpost team. I think Jamil's probably out walking around on the course right now getting a lay of the land. Um, Harmony behind the scenes too, doing everything for us organizationally and, uh, Coming up with the prediction idea, Ryan Thrower will be out on the course clipping bangers. So keep your eye out on social media. Anna, thanks for joining us. Great to have you. Corinne, as always, it's a pleasure. And uh, yeah, we'll be back again tomorrow, 7.30 a.m. See you then. Peace out.